Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Jordan Cooper. And my name is Hannah Hansen. And we want to thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Vanessa Roberts-Brenn, who is the Assistant Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs for Leadership and Student Involvement at Texas Christian University. Today, we will be exploring the major differences between a state school and a private school and deciding which is a better fit for your student. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Vanessa, to the College Parent Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me here today. Of course, totally. We're super excited to have you. So, Vanessa, from a historical context and also from your own experience, what are some of the major differences in both public and private universities? So, I have worked at and um, attended uh, both, well, I've worked at both public and private, and then I have attended um, primarily public institutions. So, I have a little bit of um, experience in both areas, um, both as a professional and as a student. Uh, and predominantly the biggest difference that you will see between public and private institutions is where their funding comes from. That's going to be the, the biggest piece. Um, so public institutions uh, are state funded or government funded and private institutions get the majority of their funding from tuition. Um, and then they also get uh, other additional dollars from donors, from their endowment, um, from grants, and a variety of other sources. Um, but for the most part, private schools are tuition-driven or um, primarily tuition-funded and public. Um, that comes from the state, uh, the state funding. And so with those dollars um, coming from two very different sources, that has a lot of impl implications on what the entire university experience is like, um, particularly around um, the student experience related to or how it connects with um, constitutional rights. Um, so if a university is public funded um, or state funded, the Constitution um, automatically applies to the experience that the students um, will have at the institution. And the things that you're looking at um, that, that apply greatly to the student experience have to do with um, freedom of um, expression, freedom of assembly, um, and uh, the due process rights, as well as um, search and seizure. So those are the four really big things that come into um, the student experience as it relates to the funding of the institution. Most private institutions will afford students um, all, the, all those same rights that I just talked about, right? Like the freedom of assembly, freedom of press, freedom of speech, um, freedom from search, illegal search and seizure, and then due process. Most private institutions will still afford students those rights, um, but they don't necessarily have to because of the funding that is tied to them. Um, so you'll see for example, living on um, living in a residence hall at a public institution versus living at a residence hall um, at a private institution, your your room and um, whether or not an RA or a university official can enter that room um, without a warrant or um, without a reason, et cetera, um, or search your your uh, like your dresser and things like that. Um, at a public institution, those restrictions 
um, of who can go in and under what conditions are going to be a lot, lot higher and a lot, lot stronger um, than they will at a private institution. Um, and that honestly is tied to funding. It's tied to the funding from the state. Um, other things that you'll see that can be different between public and private institutions are um, the program offerings. Uh, so like your majors, um, majors and um, different, uh, the different coursework and things like that. So a public institution usually um, will have a much broader uh, reach in terms of the courses that they're offering. Um, many private institutions, not all, but many private institutions are um, very focused on a specific um, discipline or a specific type or genre. For example, like a liberal arts institution. So a, if you look at a state school that might be um, a land grant school that is primarily um, like ag, mechanical engineering, um, it's a large school and it's gonna have a lot of offerings in terms of majors and disciplines for students to study. And then if you look at another institution that might be a private institution that is a liberal arts institution, its offerings are gonna be a lot more narrow, narrowly tailored or focused on a liberal education, which is really just getting, um, giving students um, the opportunity to learn a variety of different, um, from a variety of different approaches and learn about um, kind of history and how history affects the way that we think. Um, so at most liberal arts institutions, you'll find um, their, their course offerings and their program offerings to be very strong in um, education or some of the liberal arts within um, history or psychology or um, the fine arts and things like that. You'll even find private institutions that are just narrowly tailored to fine arts or theater and arts um, and music, right? Whereas a public institution, um, because it is supposed to serve the public good, it's going to offer a broad, broad range of majors and offerings so that the public good which is everything, right, is offered um, and, and that need is met for training people to go into the world. Um, other things that you can see a, a different between public and private um, are the research opportunities. So at a private or at a public institution um, that is a larger maybe research institution, you will have a ton of research opportunities as a student to work directly um, with some faculty um, and grad students on larger research projects. Um, but then on the flip side, at a private institution, some of those research opportunities are still available, um, but there are fewer research opportunities and um, the student would work more one-on-one -on -one or maybe a few students and one faculty member. So at a public, it's huge. It, most of the time it's very large and students will work with, if they're doing research, they might work with a GA or a TA um, and then maybe with a professor, but at a private, you would have that maybe one-on-one -on -one more so with a professor. Um, so. 
The other big piece is going to be financial aid because a private institution being tuition driven um, or tuition funded, their tuition is going to be much higher, right? So a state school um, or a public institution, their tuition is lower um, because they're receiving a lot of funding from the from the state and they should be meeting the needs of the entire state or the community. Um, a private institution um, gets its dollars from tuition. So the tuition dollars are gonna be higher, but usually the financial aid dollars associated with that um, offsets the cost of attending a, um, a private institution. So many private institutions will um, like, 90% of their students will receive financial aid um, and many of them will, they try to level the financial playing ground, if you will, right? Or the level, the cost of attendance between a public and a private so that it is more accessible to attend a private institution. Um, but typically your private institutions are much more expensive than your public institutions. Um, the last thing I would say is a lot of the things that I just mentioned as differences between public and private have to do a lot with size of the institution. Um, and so there are pu public institutions generally tend to be larger, not always, but very generally, generally speaking, they are larger than private institutions. And um, you will find private institutions that are quite large, um, but not usually as large as a state school. Um, so in my state where I work right now, um, I work at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and then um, I did my undergraduate work at Texas A&M in College Station, Texas. Uh, and then I've also worked at a university, uh, McMurray University in Abilene, Texas. And McMurray is a private. So McMurray University is a private university, TCU is a private university, and Texas A&M is a public. Texas A&M University is over 60,000 students. Texas Christian University or TCU um, is between 10 and 11,000 students. And then McMurray University, which is a, is a private university, is around 1,200 students. So you can see that there's gonna be a very distinct difference um, in the experience that you get between 1,200 students, 10,000 students, and 60,000 students. Some of the difference in that experience is because of the funding and the difference between public and private, but a lot of it has to do with size. And the size isn't always just because of public-private. Amazing. That is incredibly helpful. Um, so regarding getting involved on campus um, and being immersed in the college spirit and tradition, how would you say campus culture differs when it comes to private versus public? This is a great question and one that I really like because I um, firmly believe in the college experience and the spirit and traditions that come with that and how they can define a student's um, experience and then in turn define and shape their identity and help them to move forward in a successful way. And I think that you can get, I know for a fact, you can get um, spirit and tradition and camaraderie and that um, true college experience. You can get that at both public and private institutions. You can get that at very small institutions and very large institutions. 
it's just going to look and feel different. Um, so when we are looking at some of our public institutions, um, a lot of them, and I, I will say what I'm going to talk about in terms of college experience is also um, impacted or affected by, again, size, and it's impacted and affected by um, college sports. So <laughs> uh, you can, you know, there there's NCAA and then there's other uh, types of um, or other groupings of um, for athletics conferences and divisions and things like that. But for the most part, I'm going to speak through the context of an NCAA university. There's Division One, which is um, those very high profile. Not always huge institutions, but very high profile that you see all the time, you know, like on TV or you're very familiar with them. Um, the TCU, the Texas A&M, the Auburn, the Alabama, the Michigan, you know, those the bigger institutions. Then you have Division Two, um, which usually are a little bit smaller, but they still receive scholarships um, to play sports. And then you have division three, which the institutions tend to be a lot smaller and the, their student athletes do not receive college or do not receive um, scholarships to play sports. But so much of that athletic experience influences the, um, the culture of a student's experience. Um, so a, a lot of what I'll say will be um, informed by uh, college athletics. Um, so if you look at... Um, public versus private and college spirit and tradition. Um, I would say I'm a firm believer that a student needs to walk on campus, um, visit the university and see what it feels like for them to get to, to understand what that college experience um, and the history and traditions and spirit is gonna feel like for their personal journey and their experience. Um, so when I personally stepped foot um, on campus at Texas A&M, I absolutely loved what I felt, like the history and the traditions and, and um, the camaraderie that came with that. Other people don't like that particular type and they wanna go to a different, you know, they wanna experience something different. So I think it's very individualized. Um, Many public institutions, um, and again, not all, but many public institutions uh, are older. And so they have deep rooted tradition um, that is a little bit different than you would experience at a private institution. But to say that, you know, you also have private institutions that are very old and deeply rooted in their history and traditions. Um, with public institutions being, um, tending to be very large, um, sometimes very research driven, uh, they might not have as large of a residential component. Um, so not as many students live on campus, they could be commuters in, from, local, uh, from local areas, or they could just you know, not necessarily be from that area, but live off campus. And uh, commuting students really affect the um, college experience differently than a residential student does, right? So if your campus is um, highly residential, that campus kind of experience and that feel is gonna be very different than a commuter, mostly commuter-based campus. Um, and so, 
again, sometimes public institutions lean a little bit more toward the um, commuter student experience um, or, at, or having commuter students. That's not to say across the board that that's the case, but um, so I would say the, the age of the institution in terms of how old, um, how old it is, whether it's public or private, is going to really affect the kind of spirit and traditions. Athletics is going to affect the spirit and traditions of the institution. So um, there are some some big D1 sports uh, universities that are um, that are private and even a little bit smaller, and then there are big D1. Um, public and that are a little bit larger and you get that feel right like that um, Saturday we're going to go to a football game or we're going to go to a basketball game and it's televised and there's highly competitive ESPN might come in and do you know um, ESPN game day or whatever that is very very different than a division three um, atmosphere or experience they still go to football games on Saturday um, and uh, cheer on their teams and things like that, but they're not, um, the culture and the experience is not um, quite as like big or grandiose. And I mean, it, it would be like comparing the SEC schools um, to a school that had a thousand students and, um, you know, 200 people came to watch a game on a Saturday. It's very, very different, right? Um, and that's gonna gonna affect the spirit and the experience. Um, another big thing is would be the difference um, with the presence of Greek life or fraternity and sorority life on a college campus. Um, and that public and private doesn't influence that tremendously. Um, but some private universities don't have national, Greek life, but they have local, uh, they'll call them social clubs or um, local clubs, if you will, you know, groups, but they're still, they mirror a sorority or they mirror a fraternity, but they're not a national one. Not very many, if at all, public institutions have those, um, have the local uh, social clubs. Most of, most public institutions will have um, national uh, national groups, and those can be very, very different. Um, a local um, social club versus a national sorority or fraternity is incredibly, is an incredibly different experience. They mirror each other and, you know, I mean, they have recruitment and they have um, a season of uh, bringing in new members, right? But some of them will still, without national um, guidelines and national um, chapters and, and things being hands-on, some of the, the local groups will have, um, will still use language like pledging and, and then some of the complications and implications that go with that. So um, it's a little bit different. I'm not sure how, I don't wanna go too far into that. <laughs> But Greek life on college campuses will influence that. And some of your publics will have your um, very traditional historical uh, fraternities and sororities. They could have been rooted deeply in the history of the institution for hundreds of years. And so that's going to influence the, the experience as well. 
All right, so you have um, already kind of touched on this, and like you said, we, we can't speak for all institutions because there is a large variety of universities and colleges that operate um, very differently. But when it comes to the average cost of private institutions, they do traditionally have higher tuition rates than public. So how and why should this factor um, into students' decision-making process when choosing a private versus public university? So the cost of attendance is, is definitely a huge factor in deciding where to go um, for a student and their families. And so um, that cost of attendance between a public and a private is primarily driven by um, the funding that the university receives and then the tuition that they uh, are able to charge. So private institutions will have a much, much higher uh, tuition rate um, and then public institutions will have um, a lower tuition rate. And the things that are important to look at when you're looking at the difference um, between attending um, a public or a private, and you're looking at like the sticker, you know, like on a car, right? Um, the sticker price is to uh, look at how much um, and, and kind of what levels they offer financial aid. Um, so your publics will offer financial aid, um, but it's just not going to be quite as robust or um, as as much as many dollars that that a um, a private would offer. And you want to look at um, the your net tuition. So many universities will have a tuition calculator on their website, and I um, would encourage all families to um, to go look at that because it's gonna calculate, like it'll, you enter in all the data from your family and from your student and um, stuff like that. And it'll calculate the cost of tuition, the financial aid that that student um, they anticipate is eligible to receive. And then it'll give you what they believe would be um, the actual cost of attendance for that particular student or that particular family, because it will be very different. You can, you'll hear like, at TCU, it costs $60,000 to go to TCU. Um, and that, you know, is room, board, books, um, and then the, you know, classes and the experience and stuff. But if a student receives $55,000 in financial aid, then it really costs 5,000 out of pocket to attend TCU. Um, so you have to look very carefully at um, the financial aid package, what the student is eligible for, um, and then also, um, what, you know, there's always opportunities to apply for other um, grants and scholarships, even outside of the direct financial aid office at that particular institution. So I, I encourage families to really look at those uh, tuition price calculators uh, and then look at the net tuition um, that they have to pay because it'll be very different between, um, between the two. And then there's the whole like residential versus commuter. So if you are not living on, uh, if you're not living on campus, but you're living kind of locally, it depends on how much it costs to live on campus. But um, sometimes living off campus can be less expensive depending on where you choose to live. <laughs> and, um, and then other times at other institutions, it can be less expensive to live on campus. Um, the other thing about living on campus is that you can roll in the cost of living on campus into your financial aid package 
And um, so that's all covered, right? Whereas if a student was living in an apartment, they have to pay the bill every month. Um, and so that makes that can make a big difference as well. Um, so just paying attention to financial aid um, on or off campus. Um, and then depending on if your student uh, is from this uh, from the state or from out of state. So if you are an in-state student, you're going to pay in-state tuition at a public institution. If you're an out-of-state student going to a public institution, you'll pay more. Um, and that often, that increased cost of out-of-state um, attendance is actually usually very close to what a private school would, would charge. Now, Vanessa, I, I think a lot of people may assume that the academic requirements at a private school are more intensive and challenging than a public school. What would you say to those people? I, I believe the academic um, requirements and the academic rigor really does um, depend on the institution, not necessarily whether it is public or private, right? And so um, you can go to some institutions that um, are world-class institutions, incredibly prestigious, and they are, you can find that within a public kind of the, within the public realm, or you can find that within the private realm as well. Um, a lot of that comes down to what you, how you define um, the academic requirements, if that makes sense, right? Like what is academic rigor to you? So if a student wants to come in and does definitely want to do research and wants to have that on their resume and their portfolio, um, they want to work directly with a faculty member um, to publish articles and things like that, um, then they're going to need to look for a campus that would support that because not all campuses do support work like that. Um, so at a larger public institution, you're going to have a lot of research, um, but sometimes those opportunities are more for graduate students than they are for undergrads. And so you would find at a, at a smaller private institution, you might have the opportunity to do research one-on-one -on -one with a faculty member and publish. Um, and that could be what you define as your own personal view of academic rigor. Um, a student may wanna come in and get a 4.0. Um, and so that they are gonna choose um, courses or choose a path that's help support them maintain a 4.0. Whereas if you enroll in a very um, a very rigorous uh, degree or a very rigorous um, uh, major, you might not be able to get a 4.0, right? Um, but that would be the same at a public or a private. Um, so I I truly believe that question depends on what, the, what you believe as academic requirements or academic rigor, and then what you're looking for in the institution. Um, some of the universities uh, are more selective, right? And so that could be the academic requirements to get into the institution are higher um, or more, um, more competitive, more rigid than at another institution. But you will find public institutions um, that that um, 
do have very, very competitive, rigorous academic requirements. Um, public institutions, though, are designed to serve the public good within their state. And so they um, there are different based on states. There are different uh, entry requirements or admission requirements for um, public institutions. So, um, you know, whether you're in the top 10% or the top 20% of your class, you automatically get admitted into the institution. Whereas at a private institution, that's not the case, right? Um, so you have to you have to to look at that um, and and kind of weigh that for yourself. Um, at a public institution. There are their academic requirements um, are tough to get in, but they also admit a lot more students, right? And so there's going to be a wider range of um, academic performance, a wider level of academic performance. Whereas at a private institution, um, they can restrict that a little bit, but they also restrict the size. Um, then I will speak to. I have worked at a small, a very small private, and then TCU is kind of like a medium-sized private, I would say. Some people think TCU is a little like on the big side, but um, so we're in the 10, we're like, we're 10,000, right? Um, so just because those two universities were private doesn't make them the academic rigor, um, just simply because it's private, the academic rigor is, is higher, right? TCU's admission standards are more um, rigorous or a little bit more restrictive than McMurray's was, and we are both private. So not all privates are created equally, and I would say the same thing for public, which I keep saying, like, it's really about the university and not necessarily whether it's public or private, right? Um, size influences it. Um, age of the institution can influence it, athletics can influence it, commuter versus residential can influence it. All of those things influence the college experience, they influence the academic experience. Um, so really it is about the individual person or the individual student and the right choice or the right fit for the student, your family and what you're able to contribute financially and then the institution. That's awesome, Vanessa. Thank you. So, Vanessa, when it comes to private versus public schools, how does this decision impact your job search post-college, or does it even impact it? I, I don't think that public versus private really impacts your job search process. I would go back to what I just said. I feel bad saying that again, but it really depends on the university, right? Um, so, if there are some private universities that you can walk in and say, like, I have a degree from Harvard and everybody knows that. And it's it carries with it this element of um, prestige no matter where you go. Right. But there are also public universities that carry that same level of prestige. Harvard might disagree with me on that, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, so uh, I think it depends on um the institution and the reputation of the institution um the other thing that i do think can impact your and this might not be your job search but it'll impact once you get a job and move out into the world is how much debt you are carrying right and so 
Um, as a college graduate, if you go and you get a job at, um, you know, wherever you decide to work. Um, so here I am, I'm working at TCU, um, but I maybe I went to a private institution. Um, I didn't receive a lot of financial aid, uh, like in terms of grants or scholarships. So I took out a lot of loans. So I'm carrying a heavy student loan debt. Um, whereas if I went to a public institution, I might not have any student loans to pay back, or I might have very few student loans. And so sometimes students will um, kind of get strapped with a lot of student loans that they have to pay off for years and years and years. That doesn't, I mean, that can affect your job search, right? Because you may have to be fine, you may have to find a job that pays more for you to be able to afford um, your apartment and your like food and your vehicle, but also pay off your student loans. And so it, it comes back to the very, the thing I started talking with was funding and cost of attendance. Um, you have to know how much you are willing to um, invest in, your, in, in the education and how much the university is gonna invest back in terms of financial aid. Um, I do think there, there is, and some of this is informed by my attendance at Texas A&M, um, but that the, the name recognitions of the name recognition of a university can really impact um, uh, the network that you have, the network of alumni and your ability to um, connect with people within that network. Um, and I've, I've seen that, right? Like I've gone into job interviews. I have no idea who the people across the table are from me, but they're wearing an Aggie ring and I can say, um, you went to AM, I went to AM, right? That can be true for TCU has a TCU ring, and that's private, right? You can I, say the same thing. You went to TCU, I went to TCU. The Horn Frog um, community is really tight knit and um, and connected, similar to AM, similar to other institutions. Um, Alabama. So uh, you can you can get that whether it's a public or a private institution. Um, and that will affect your job search um, post-college, I think, tremendously. And I've seen it tremendously. All right. Well, we hope that this has been very helpful in your students' very important college decision. And we hope that this prompts good conversations surrounding what is best for your students. So just to highlight a few things that Vanessa has said, visit the school. Step foot on that campus. Um Decide whether you want to live in a highly residential college or a more of a commuter-based. How important is Greek life to you? Um, how important is financial aid? Look at in-state versus out-of-state. Look at the reputation of the institution, um, as well as you know utilizing those tuition cal um, calculators. Um, all of these things are really great options to be able to help you make that really, really big decision. Um, and we chose this topic today because we do truly believe that there are wonderful benefits to both public and private universities. Um, and we believe that this is a great first step in your decision making is to start thinking about all of these aspects um, before diving into um, what specific schools you might want to attend. So as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank Vanessa Roberts Brown for taking the time to be a guest on our show. If you want to learn more, check out our other The College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a great day and see you next time.